We're going to go after this, man. Let me pray real quick for us, okay? Bless you. Wow. You're welcome. All right. Let me pray. Jesus, we desperately need you, every single one of us, each one of us, we desperately need you. Lord Jesus, uh, it says in your word that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Lord, your name is the most important name in this universe, Jesus. And so I pray that through your word tonight, we would get to know you more. Lord, I, I confess that I desperately need you to speak through me right now. And so I pray that you would make me decrease and that you would increase and that you'd fill me up with your spirit and that you'd, you'd move, Lord, you'd speak some valuable, valuable things from you through these lips tonight to these students. Pierce our hearts with your word. Let it fillet us and chop us up and reveal sin and, and mess with us tonight, Lord. Would we leave different tonight because of what you say? I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, we're in a series called... Thank you very much for paying attention. Um, and we're in week eight, so I can't believe we've been in this really, really short book um, for, for eight weeks. You should just thank God I don't go after something like the Gospel of John in here because it would probably take a decade. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to tackle this and we're not even going to be finished. As a matter of fact, we're going to have an entire chapter to go uh, after tonight. So uh, we'll see how long it goes. But let me, just, uh, let me just say this. Let me just remind you or let me just kind of tell this story uh, to hopefully connect the dots because I don't want you to be lost in, in like eight weeks of the same book. I don't want you to lose what it is that this, uh, this book of James is about. So let me just kind of tell this story to kind of illustrate where we're going and, and where we've been. Um, this past week... Um, I was uh, one morning working, working out at the gym and you got to understand it was very, 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 very early in the morning. And so I say that to let you know, I wasn't in the best mood. Okay. So you got to understand that. Like, like, like just so you guys know, I'm not one of these dudes that gets up out of bed in the morning and goes, hello world. Right. How are you? Well, I get out of bed and I go, uh, give me a cup of coffee or I will kill you. Right. I mean, that's more my attitude. And so. I'm not happy, but I'm at the gym, and I'm working out on this machine. I don't know the name of it. It had weights, and you pulled on it. That's all I know. And so I'm, I'm sitting down, and I'm pulling on this thing. And no lie, um, as I'm sitting here, and I'm pulling on the weights, um, and I'm just concentrating, and I'm like, you know how you're, you're like pulling on weights that are really heavy, but you don't want to sound like one of those. Because there are the guys at the gym who just don't care, right? There's the guys at the gym who are like, Right, we've talked about them before in here, and uh, I'm, I'm serious. And it's just like, seriously, bro. Like, honestly, um, please keep that to yourself. Um, get get a you know a, a weight machine at your house for crying out loud. Um, and, and so I'm I'm there, and I'm trying to keep it. I internalize it all. I internalize the screaming, right? And so I'm like, <clears throat> my face is you know as red as a Florida fan's you know in a spelling bee, and, and I'm pulling on this as, as hard as I possibly can. And and no lie, as I'm pulling on this. Um, I hear a voice in my ear. Not only do I hear a voice in my ear, it was extremely close, so close that literally I could feel the breath tickling my earlobe. Okay? Yeah, total creeper stuff. Um, And it was the voice of a woman, okay? And so I'm pulling on this, and I hear the voice of a woman, and the voice of the woman in my ear says, you know you're doing that machine all wrong, right? So I totally kind of, it scares me, so I almost drop the weight, and, and I look around, and no lie, standing there is a woman 
who had to be at least 70 years old. At least. And I'm not exaggerating. Like sometimes preachers exaggerate. Like I'm telling you, I, I am being generous. Um, at least 70. Okay? And, and so I'm shocked. And so I look, I go, ma'am? And she says to me, she goes, yes, honey, you know you're doing that machine all wrong. I, I've been watching you and you're leaning back too far and so you're pulling the weights and you're leaning back and so I just want you to know like what you're doing isn't really accomplishing anything inside I have a burning anger like things are exploding in my soul right because all I can think about is like shouldn't you be knitting something you know I don't mean to be mean but I'm like are you a personal trainer like do you work here Oh, why do I say things? Um, but, but, but so I'm like, I'm offended. And, and here's the thing that you got to realize, okay? I am uh, a guy. Hopefully you knew that already. If you didn't, um, there's another church up the road. Um, but, but I am a guy. And uh, I, because of that, I struggle with pride just like any other guy in here. I mean, let's just be honest. We do. Um, <laughs> dude's like, <laughs> That's not a thing to be happy about. That's not an amen moment. Um, but so I'm, I feel this pride rise up in me. And so I look at her and pride just makes you stupid sometimes. It just makes you dumb. It makes you say dumb things. Um, and, and, and I think that's why God knows that. And so he's saying, don't be proud because you look like a moron when you are. And, and so in my pride, I looked at her and said, no, actually, when you... <laughs> I can't believe I did this. I said, no, actually, when you're leaning back like that and pulling down, when you change your posture, it works out different muscles, like in your back and ribs. (laughs) I say this. Like, it just comes out. And the woman, bless her heart, looks at me and kind of smiles, and she goes, "Mm mm-hmm. And she walks away. And as I'm, I'm, as I'm driving home, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just an absolute idiot. Like, I'm just a complete moron. Like, like this woman at the gym, you know, Aunt B was just trying to be helpful, was just trying to tell me, hey, I'm correcting. Here's what she was trying to do. Let me, let me explain this. Here's what she was trying to do. She was trying to correct me and keep me from looking foolish. In her good and gracious heart, she was trying to tell me, you know, translated, you look like an idiot and I'm trying to help you out. Right? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to correct you. Okay? Is what she was trying Did I just hear Beyonce? Um, I'm trying to correct you. Right? That's what she was saying. Now, here's the point. Listen. Here, here's the point. Here, here's what we're going after tonight. Um, throughout the book of James, that's what God has been doing. God has been speaking through this man, James, in the book of James. And what he's attempting to do is he's speaking truth to these people who are living in a way that makes them look really, really foolish. And he's trying to tell them, look, you're incorrect. You're wrong in the way that you're living. And it's making you look really foolish. And so God, listen, God in his grace and in his mercy is trying to help these people out and show them the way that you're living is wrong. 
Okay, so if you back up with me all the way to the beginning of the book of James, like when we started in it like seven or eight weeks ago, and you think through the things that we've heard God say through James to these people, you find that he's just been correcting them along the way. So, so we started off in this series on James with God saying um, through James, like, he, he said this, he said, look, one of your problems, um, one of the places you're wrong, and one of the places you're looking foolish You'll pray and you'll ask God for things, but you really don't even have faith in God in the first place. Stop it. Stop it. And then you, and then you move on and, and you find that, 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 that one of the things that James says is, look, here's another problem. You go to church and you hear somebody preach the Bible, but instead of obeying what God has said... You, you, you just lose your mind. You, you get like angrier than a vampire splashed with holy water. You just get mad and upset and offended. Stop it. Obey. Stop it. And, and, and then you go on and, and we saw that, that, that James says, look, and here's another problem. Here's something else where you're wrong and you're looking foolish. You show favoritism. I mean, you treat people differently based on how much money they have or based on what they do for a living. Stop that. And then he goes on and he says, here's another way that you look foolish. You claim to have faith. You claim to know Christ. You claim to be a follower of Jesus. That's what you claim with your mouth. But you live a completely different way. You, you, live, you, you live like you're, you know, on the weekends, your life looks like the life of an NBA player on vacation in Las Vegas, right? Lots of sin. Lots of crunctivity. Is that a word? I don't know. I just made a word. Right? What do you think? Stop it. Stop it. You're wrong. So stop it. And then he goes on and he says, you know, as you read on, he says, look, your mouth is vulgar. Your mouth is nasty. I mean, constantly when you talk, it's you're, either, you're either cussing or you're, you're telling a horrible joke or you're insulting somebody. It's just, it's just like this cesspool of nastiness. You, you sound like Dane Cook in a traffic jam, right? You're just like, Bleh! quit it. Stop, stop that. Because here's the deal. Because God, listen, God in his graciousness and in his love is trying to correct these people and trying to keep them from experiencing horrible consequences as a result of their sin and their foolish lives, okay? So that's what you need to see and that's what you need to understand because tonight it's more of the same. Tonight as we finish, we're on the home stretch of, of chapter four and we finish out chapter four, we're gonna see three more examples of this where God through James is just speaking to these people and go, oh, and by the way, here's where you're wrong. And by the way, this is really messed up. And by the way, I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking here and you totally need to repent and come back to me on this one. Um, and so there's three more examples where God corrects these people and is calling them back to him. And here's the thing. Not only does it apply to them, it applies to us. So as we kind of listen to it, you need to listen to it with, with the eyes and with the heart of what is, what is God saying to me here, Right? With a very humble heart. And so, so here, let's do this. If you didn't bring a Bible, back your bulletin. We put the scripture on there for you guys to see it and to have it. But we always, always love for you, encourage you to bring your Bibles. If you don't own a Bible, see me at the end and we'll hook you up with a free Bible. Um, so here's where we are. James chapter 4, start in verse 11. Let's look at this, okay? Three more warnings, three more corrections, and they apply to us as well. Here's what he says, verse 11. Brothers... Do not slander one another. 
Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law. As a matter of fact, if you have a pen, I'd even underline that. Speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Look at this. But you, who, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now, now, you have to understand the people that James is writing to here. Um, many of them had a horrible, horrible problem with constantly talking smack about other people and, and specifically about even other Christians. So they were constantly talking trash and, and James uses the word slander. So it's this idea that they would get together with other groups of people and they would spread rumors and lies and gossips and, and exaggerations about these people with, with a hidden motive in their heart. And the motive in their heart was, I want to destroy this person's reputation. I want to make this person look worse than me, so I'm going to say whatever i got to say. I don't care if it's true or not. I'll just throw everything, what sticks, sticks, and, and I'll, just, I'll, just talk, I'll, I'll just talk a bunch of stuff because I, I want them to look worse than I do. And so here's how, here's how slander works. You get together. You go, hey, look, there she is. There she is. She, she went to that, did you hear? She went to that party. Did you hear that? She slept with that guy. Yeah. I heard he was in prison. I think he killed somebody. Like his whole family with like a razor. That, and, and we laugh and we exaggerate. But listen, that's how slander works. And you guys know, some of you have been victims of slander. Let's, let's be honest, some of you have been participants in slander. I mean, come on, we're, we're, we're like these people. We're like these people. And so the way slander works is that we get together, we begin to talk about people in an effort to, to speak against them and, and ultimately to tear down their reputation. But, but here's, what you need to, here's what you need to understand. And by the way, if you don't know what slander looks like, if you go, duh, I don't know what it looks like, uh, go, to, go to Kroger right after this is over and walk down the little you know, checkout aisle and just look at the tabloids. Please don't read them because they will mess you up. But just like, just look at them. Just kind of scan them and then look away. All right? Just real quick. Um, that's slander. And you walk by and, and people go, well, they're famous. They ask for it. Listen, it is sickening and it's nauseating some of the things that are said about these people. And, and I want you to understand, the people who write that stuff one day will stand and, and be accountable for the slanderous ways in which they write and talk about people. And so that's like an obvious way to see it, but, but we do the same things in our little, in our little conversations. And, and, and here's, what, here's what you need to understand. Here's what you need to know. James says something very interesting. He says, look, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you speak against somebody like that, okay, here's the problem. You think you're just talking. You think, oh, we're just having fun. We're just braiding each other's hair. Talking about Melissa because she's a skank, right? I mean, you think, listen, you think you're just talking Here's what James said. Listen, here's what James says. Um, no, um, you're speaking against your brother or you're speaking against your sister, but you know what you're really doing, and here's where you mess up, and here's what you don't see clearly. You're speaking against the law of God. To which we would go, what? Come on. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just, talk I'm just talking about her. I, I got no problem with God. I got no problem with the Bible. I got no problem with God's law. I, I like God. 
I just think she's, you know, a butthead. I, I just, I, I like God. I like God. I don't like her. I'm not speaking against God. I'm not speaking against God's law. I'm speaking against her. No, no you're speaking against God's law. You go, why would he say that? Here's why he would say that. Um, in Matthew chapter 22, I think it's around verse 34, something like that. Uh, there's an interesting story of some religious leaders who came to Jesus and they had an agenda. They had an agenda, baby. And here's our, here's our agenda. Uh, we don't like Jesus, so we want to trap Jesus. We, we, want, pe- we want to turn as many people as we possibly can against Jesus. So they come to Jesus and they say, hey, we're going to trap him with a question. And so the question that they come to Jesus with to try to trap him with is this. Hey, Jesus, um, out of all the laws, out of all the laws of God, which one's the greatest? And so here's what they're thinking. Um, he'll, he'll pick one out. And see, you've got to understand, they had classified like hundreds of laws. And, and so they're like, he'll pick one out. And no matter what he picks out, he's going to tick off a bunch of people. Because they're going to disagree. And so they come to Jesus and they go, hey, Jesus, um, what is the greatest law? What is God's greatest commandment? And Jesus responds like this. Here's what he says. And many of you know it. He says, uh, he, he says that, that the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. And, and love your neighbor as yourself. So let me break it down for you. Here's what Jesus just did. Jesus just stood up and said the greatest commandment. And by the way, the religious leaders heard it and were like, oh, who are you? Right, and walked away because they couldn't, st- they couldn't stand to Jesus. They, could, they, could, they couldn't compare to Jesus. Right? When you try to corner God, you lose every time, just so you know. And that's what happened. But here's what Jesus just did. Jesus just said the greatest law of all, the greatest commandment of all is the law of love. Loving God and loving your, your brother or your neighbor or your sister, loving, loving others. So, so that's the greatest commandment is the law of love. And so here's what James says. When you speak against your brother or when you speak against your sister, when you slander them, you are speaking against God's law. Because here's why. Slander is the opposite of love. Because love builds up and slander tears down. Slander always destroys, and it always has the motive of destroying. And so, here's what it's like. It's like, um, it's as if Jesus just said, hey, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor. And when we slander, it's as if we're looking at him going, that's stupid. That's dumb. I got a better idea. That's dumb. And we choose not to love through slander. So understand, James just stood up and called these people out and said, look, you're slandering each other. You're talking trash about each other. And you think that you're even doing it. It's, and it's no big deal because you're just talking. But in reality, when you do it, even just with one or two other people, you are speaking against God's law. Translation, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And then he goes on. Look at what else he says. Verse 13. Now listen... Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Now, now listen, because this is, this, is, this is good. What James is doing here is what he's done throughout the book. And what he's done throughout the book is he, he just calls people out. He's just like, hey, y'all, I'm going to pick on y'all for a second. Okay, and y'all are dumb. Come here for a second because let me talk to you about what God says. And, and you, you're, you're completely. And so James here, again, is calling out an entire group of people. And here's who he's calling out. You've you got to get this. James, in this, in this portion of scripture right here, he's calling out the group of people who live their lives without ever factoring God into the equation. Okay. 
So in other words, here's what it means. They live their lives not based on what God wants. They live their lives based on what they want. Okay? And here's, here's what he says. Look at verse 14. Why you, look at, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. He's like, by the way, you're not even factoring God into the equation. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're not God because you can't tell the future. He says, what is your life? Look at I love this. What is your life? You are a mist that, that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So, what do you think about your life for a second? Your, your life. Here, you're living your life without ever factoring Jesus into the equation. Okay? You're just doing your own thing, never factor him into the equation. And here's the sad thing, that, that your life right now, it's like a mist. I mean, you're so small, you're so tiny, and you don't even realize. I mean, you're, you're a mist. I mean, get that. You ever seen a mist, right? They're hard to see because it's misty, right? And so, but, but, but a mist is just, it's there and gone, right? It's like you're, the, you're like the spit that comes out when somebody talks and preaches. Um, it's like, there it is. It's gone. It's on that girl, right? It, it's like momentary gone. Um, so James is calling out these people going, why, why do you live your life all the time as if, as if there is no God? Why do you live your life without, without ever factoring Jesus into the equation? And by the way, listen, we are these people. We're them because that's how we live. That's how many of us live. I mean, come on. That's how many of us go throughout our day. Be, be honest. I mean, I mean, fellas, come on. Most of you guys in your lifetime have thought this. Oh, man, I'm going to date that girl. Why? Because she's hot. Another amen. Because she's hot. Okay, whoa, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy, easy, Skippy. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, what, okay, what does... What does Jesus think about that? What is Jesus? What is what is Jesus's take on that? What, what does Jesus think about that? Well, she's just hot. Yes, yeah, so is hell. So, so let's calm down for a second. What what does Jesus think about that? What does Jesus think about this girl? What is what if this girl turns out to be Satan's stepsister? Like, what if you 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 date her and now she's not? Like, you see what I'm saying? But but we make plans like that. We we do that. We make huge, massive decisions without ever factoring in the Jesus thing. What we do. It's how, we, it's how we live. It's how these people, it's how these people lived. Um, what, what else we do? We, we, um, what are you going to do when you get old? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I, I thought about it. I'm going to get a career in marketing. I'm going to get a career in marketing. Why? So I can market stuff. I just want to market things. Market, 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 market. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. Well, what does... Have you factored Jesus into that equation? Like, like is that, has Jesus gone, yeah, marketing, whew, let me use you there. Um, or what else do we do? We, 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 we do this. I got a lot of money, so I'm going to spend my money on, yada, 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 yada. Really, really. What, what, is, what does Jesus think about that? What does Jesus think about what you, what you, what you say you are going to spend, quote, your money on what 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 is Jesus what is Jesus opinion on that okay now now here's here's what's important to know there's two reasons listen i got two reasons anyway there's probably more than two but there's two specific reasons i want to share with you right now as to why it's so crucial and it's so it's so stinking important that you factor Jesus into every significant decision of your life 
And by the way, when I say significant decisions in your life, you got to understand, I'm not saying get freaky with this deal. I'm not saying sit down in front of your spaghetti and I going, what does Jesus think about me eating the spaghetti? Huh? What do you want? You like spaghetti? You Italian, right? I'm not saying get weird about this and get freaky. That's how cults get formed. But every, every significant decision factoring Jesus into this deal, why is it important? Number one, here's why it's important. I'm going to read it like I wrote it. Um, number one, because he is the most important thing about this life. He's the point. Jesus is the point of this life. Colossians, Colossians 1, 18 even talks about how Jesus Christ holds the supremacy in all things. In other words, Jesus is number one in everything. He's the whole point of life. Without Jesus in your life, life doesn't even make sense unless you know what we call the gospel and what the Bible communicates about what the good news of Jesus is, what the gospel of Jesus is. Unless you know that life will not make sense. You'll be like a kitten chasing her tail your entire life. So Jesus is the main point. And here's what happens. When you refuse to factor Jesus into the significant decisions of your life, Here's what happens. It's like, it's like going to Outback Steakhouse for dinner and having a vegetable plate. Right? And you're like, oh, what do you want? I'll take the vegetable plate, please. Don't you want a steak? No, I like carrots. Medium rare, please. Don't you want a steak? The steak is the point. The steak's the point. You're missing out. You're missing the best part. And so that's what, that's what happens. When you refuse to factor Jesus into, into these decisions like this, what you're doing is you're missing out. You're missing the best part. He's the point. That's the, that's the first reason it's so important to factor Jesus into, what do you want me to go to college? Should I date this person? Um, my parents are saying to obey them. Jesus, what do you say? That one's easy. Um, what, what, this is why it's, it's crucial. It's critical. It's important. The second reason is this. The second reason it's so important to factor Jesus into all these significant decisions of your life, students, is this. Number two. Read it like I wrote it. Because, listen, because it forces you to ask this question. Here's the question. It forces you to ask this question. Is Jesus going to be dishonored in this decision? Okay. I'm about to make a decision here. Time out. Woo. This decision that I'm about to make, is Jesus going to be dishonored? Am I somehow going to dishonor my Savior by the decision that I'm going to make? Here's how this plays out. Let me explain this. Um, been in student ministry for a while now. Known a lot of, a lot of females who, what happens is, uh, some guy tells you you're, you're, you're pretty, and even though he's a jerk, he tells you you're pretty, and you're like, I love you, right? Because he just said those words, and there's something, there, there's something attached to those words, especially if you don't have a good relationship with your dad, when you'll just give your heart to the first jerk that comes along. I've seen it. It's how it plays out. It's how the, it's how the enemy works. And so here's, here's what happens. Listen, um, here's what happens. But you refuse to factor Jesus into the decision. So there's this guy, and you're like, he's going to be my boyfriend. And you never factor Jesus into that decision. And before you know it, you know, next thing you know, you're trapped in a relationship. You feel trapped in a relationship with a guy who doesn't even love Jesus. Why? Why? Because God hates you, or God's left you, or God's forsaken? No, no, no. Because way back in the beginning, you refused to factor Jesus into the equation. That's why. That's why. 
Or, or you see a play out like this. A student goes, woo, graduated. Da, 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 da. Give me that diploma. Woo, I see you. You're stupid. And, and then leave and then go, it's college time. And I just, I got to do something. I, well, okay, we're going to do something. Flip a coin. Uh, pick a school out of the, you know, thin blue sky. And, and just decide to go somewhere. But not factor Jesus into that equation. Or, or you choose to go somewhere. Because all my friends are going there, so I better go there. And, and you... And you refuse to factor Jesus into that equation and go, whoa, 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 Jesus, by, by me doing this, are you going to be dishonored in this and really checking your motives? Um, and the next thing you know, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're flunking out. You're waking up in the back of a you know, Chevy S10 with a hangover and a toga on your body, right? I mean, that, that's, how this, that's how it plays out. That's, that's how it plays out. And then from that moment on, you, you live your entire life like that until you're 50 year old, years old living with your parents still wearing the toga. Because you flunked out. Why? Because God's forsaken you? Because God hates you? Because God says to love you? No, because way, way back in the beginning, you, you, you refused to factor Jesus into the equation. Or you go, I'm going to get a career, I'm going to get a career, and you never factor Jesus into the equation. And the next thing you know, you're, you're a booking agent for a boy band. Horrible, horrible, awful, terrible job. Um, may as well be a busboy in hell. So, so don't, the point, is, the point is this, students, listen. The point is this, listen. It is, it is I, to say it's important sounds absolutely stupid. It is critical, it is crucial that you begin to factor Jesus into your significant decisions. Who you date, where you go to school, where you get a job, who you hang out with, what you do when you hang out with them. It is absolutely crucial. You see it? Because when you go through life going, I'm going to do what I want to do, you, what, who, who, who are you? You're a mist. You're here for a second. And if you miss the point of life, Jesus, you, you miss it all. Get one shot at this deal. L last thing, verse 17. We're going to end out with verse 17. The third warning or correction that he gives us in verse 17. Look, look at this. Some of you didn't know this. A lot of you maybe didn't know this. Um, verse 17. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and does not do that thing sins. So, so here's what James is doing here. He, he's starting out going, hey, stop slandering each other. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's dishonoring to Christ. Stop it. Uh, oh, oh, and by the way, number two, stop living like God doesn't exist. Stop giving him lip, lip service and yet living as if he's not real. Factor Jesus into all the significant decisions of your life. And number three, here's what he's saying. He's saying, um, you need to repent and you need to, you, you need to come to the Lord and ask him to forgive you and ask him to help you and give you strength to overcome what we would call, listen, um, and some of you, this is the first time you've heard this, but what we would call um, sins of omission. Sins of omission. You, you're like, what in the world is that? I don't know. Let me explain it to you. Because I, you're high school students, you're not in preschool, so you, I, I think you can get this. Um, 
when you study theology, when you study the Bible, here, here's the deal. Um, what you find is basically there's two, there's two kinds of sins. There's what we know as uh, sins of commission, which, which basically most of us, that's the sins that we're familiar with, right? We were told, don't lie, right? Don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't murder. And, and so these are things that we do. We commit these sins, right? They're actions that we take. They're, they're moments where we actively and we willfully step over the line. And we go into areas that God has said clearly, those are forbidden, those are not what I want for your life. Those always bring pain. You'll always, you'll always be caused harm when you do that. So those are sins of commission. In other words, sins that we commit. Do you see it? And then, there's, and then what James is saying here is there's another kind of sin too. They're not necessarily the sins that you, that you commit. They're, they're the sins that you omit. And, and here's what he's saying, that there are things that we know that we should do that we omit from our lives and we refuse to do. God has made it clear we should do something. It is right for me to do this particular thing, but we refuse to do it for whatever reason. And he says, if, if you know the good that you should do and you refuse to do it, you sin. So, so example, real quick example. Um, ladies, let, let's say, let, let's say you're, you know, you're having you know, one, of your, you know, one of your crazy sleepovers and you know, drinking Pepsi and eating Pop-Tarts and watching, I don't know, your weird movies. And, and um, I, I say that lovingly. Your, your weird movies are cool. Your, your girls, you should watch weird movies. If you're a girl and you watch Braveheart, I worry about you, okay? So you, you should watch. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay, good. Free bird. I don't know where that came from. Um, listen, but, but here's what it is. Ladies, let's say that you're at one of your, one of your gather, gatherings, and as you're there, listen, as you're there, as you're there, um, this group of girls begins to talk about someone else that, that maybe you know that you associate with and begins to, it, it's slander. You just know it, it's just bald-faced slander. It's wrong. You know that if you weren't in the room and, and, and you found out that they were talking about you that way, you'd be furious. And you know that it's wrong. You know that it's sin. But here, here's, here's kind of your rationale. You go, I, I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. Right, I'm going to stay out of this. I'm just going to eat my Pop-Tart and watch the notebook, right? And, and so you decide, listen, you decide, well, I'm just going to stay out. Of, I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to stay out of it. But, but listen, you know, you know the right thing is to say something. You know the right thing and you feel in the depths of your soul, we would call that the Holy Spirit. You, you feel that, that God is saying, but this is wrong and you should say something. They, they, they're Christians, and, and you need to let them know. This ain't right. But you don't do it. He, here's what James says. Um, great. I, I'm glad that you, you, know, you feel better about yourself because of the fact that you didn't contribute, but you need to know you, you sinned because you didn't do the right thing. It's not like you're squeaky clean because you didn't contribute. You, you sinned because you didn't do the right thing. Do you, you see it? Um, another example would be, Let's say you know that somebody is in need financially, like they need something, they have a need financially, you've got some dough, but you're refusing, you, you could help them if you wanted to, but you're refusing to do it because you love your money, but you know what's right. James would say, you're, you've sinned. You, you know what's right and you refuse to do it, you, you, you sin. Or let's just say for a second that, that, that you, uh, you maybe think that God might be calling you into ministry or, or you maybe feel like God may be wanting you to be a missionary at some point. And you feel that and you sense that, but it's freaking you out. 
because you don't want to eat bugs for the rest of your life in, in the Congo, right? And, and so it, you're running from it and you're avoiding it, right? It's just, you're, you're freaked out and you're like, I'm just going to avoid, stop it, you know, erase those thoughts, right? And James would say, you know the right thing to do and yet you're not pursuing it and you're not doing it and so it's, it's sin. Repent. Repent of sins of omission. See these areas in your life where you know what's right. You know the right thing to do. Some of you are in situations right now where you know the right thing to do and you're refusing to do it. It's sin. You go, why is it sin? Here's why it's sin. Because it's in those moments. You know what we feel that? You know what we sense that? You know what we sense? I know the right thing to do. You know what we do? Because it's the Holy Spirit of God showing us and revealing to us what the right thing to do is. And you know what? Come on. You need to, hey, do you see that? Hey, did you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear about that need? Hey, you know what? I want, I want to send you there. And we, we, we sense that and we hear that. And it's like when we hear that, we're saying to him, go away. Go. Shoo. Right? And that's why it's sin. That's why it's him. So recap, real quick, and I just want you to think about these three things. He says, stop slandering each other. Who right now are are you guilty of slandering? You know? He says, repent, turn around. Number two, he says, says, start factoring God. Start factoring Jesus Christ into every significant decision that you make. How many, of us are, how many of us just think are living our lives without ever factoring Jesus into these significant decisions that we make? Because it's our life. It's our life, right? It's our life. We love Jesus. Jesus is cool. Woo, thanks for church and the Bible and the cross and cool things like that and, you know, Christian candy. But, but you know what? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I do have that. It's weird. Um, and repent of your sins of omission. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And as I pray for you, we're going to have a little moment of kind of a silent reflection right now. Um, and the reason we're going to do that is it's an opportunity for you to just to think through this truth and to go, Lord, what, what do I need to repent of? Where, where is it? Where, where is it that I've, I've strayed? Where is it that I've fallen? What, what is it about these? Which words in these few verses, from verses you know, 11 through 17, are like hot coals searing my soul right now. Because I know that's me. God's speaking to me. So right now, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to have a moment of just a silence. You pray to the Lord. I'll, I'll close this out. Lord Jesus, we, we hear your word and, and we can read your word and, and, and Lord, the thing that I'm always overwhelmed by is my sinfulness. I'm a sinner. I fall in these areas consistently, consistently. Lord, I'm desperately needy for the cross. I thank you 
that I don't have to live a perfect life, but the blood of Jesus Christ was shed on my behalf. Jesus, you laid down your life for me so that I could have access to God, so that I could be forgiven. And yet, Lord, at the same time, it is very, very clear through your word that when we place our faith and our trust in you, Jesus, that you give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to live and to dwell within us, to mold us and shape us more and more and more and more and more and more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, would you, would you let that be the case in my life? Would you let that be the case in the lives of every single one of these students and adults in here right now, Lord, that we would be a people who have a desire to grow in our relationship with you and to grow in our faith and that we would be a people who have a desire for our actions, our actions to share our faith with others. That as others look at our lives, they see people who are different, not because we just try harder, but because our hearts have been gripped by the truth that we've been forgiven by Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that you made and you love us just because, just because, not because we could behave, but just because. And so our hearts are gripped and we're changed and empowered by your spirit to live a different life. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. I pray that each one of us, Lord, would think about this. That, Lord, we would turn away from slander, turn towards you. We'd turn away from living our lives as if you're not really here and you don't really matter. And instead, we would factor Jesus into every significant decision of our lives. And Holy Spirit, I, I pray I pray that you would help us to repent of sins of omission, Lord. And when we know, when you remind us of the things that we should do, Lord, we'd step out and do it, even when it just seems stupid and risky. Help us, Lord. Help us to be your people. Reflect your image and your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, cool. Here's what we're going to do. All right, real quick.